we all know that bad girl that you wanted back in, you know, high school, early, early college, where she was just crazy with a capital C, but she was everything that you wanted, right? That was Conte. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in so much trouble now. I didn't know that. You what were did you say, do? I didn't know you were going to say crazy. I thought you were just going to say she was she was everything you always wanted. No, no, but but she listen. She was no because she's crazy. Because this is the thing is I did you not know, know that you were gonna your say friends that. your friends keep telling you like dude you can't keep up with her she's not your speed and you go and you finally work the courage to ask her out right and she goes even she tells you, she's like excuse me. Little Mikey, like you, you're not up to my speed. Like, if you're gonna date me, give me your keys first, right? Because she's a bad. I can't say it on here, but you know where I'm going with that, right? And then what happens is you're like, okay, well, why don't I try? You know her, her ugly friend, which is Nuno, right? And then it doesn't work out. So you are desperate. You're desperate. You don't know what you're gonna do. And she goes, "Are you ready to give me the keys to your car?" That's what it'll take to date me. And they did. They yeah. buckled. They gave Conte in a ludicrous contract. Like, if you looked at the amount of money, like, like, and it's like you're telling your best friend all, all this whole time is like, why do you keep sending presents to this girl? She refuses to meet your parents. I didn't but you know keep... that he was going to say crazy. I, that that wasn't why I put the picture up. Oh yeah, you're you, no no no. That's that's you. I didn't do that. Soph, I love you. I I think that you are nothing like Conte, and I would never put your name and Conte in the same sentence in the comparison. Like that's uh, honestly, Mike ambition. has a lot of pent up um, latent misogyny that he's dealing with. <laughs> that's actually how, how so far my friendship got started. Cause she thought that I was being very misogynistic in, 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 in a particular way, but I'll tell you about that off the air. Needless to say, she's, she's one of my best friends now. So. But you know what I mean. Where it's just like no, Conte, you're, you're, no, your analogy is actually spot on. I mean, like, it, like he, he's the wild, ch- and and you're sending her, you're sending presents, and all your friends are just like, you know, you're not dating her, right? You know, she's not into you, right? You know, she's using you for 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 your wallet, right? And and you're just like, no, man, it's it's not like that. And, We're going yet, all the yet, way. So, and that a couple of your friends are like, oh my god, how did he get her, dude? He yeah. is on fire. Like like the people who can't read the tea leaves, yeah. are like are like, wow, man, dude, that guy is incredible. For what he just pulled and and they quickly come to realize that he he mortgaged the farm he mortgaged the the club it's it's trajectory like she, the 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 we got a word on the street sale, for that we got a word of, on the street for that you were a trick bro you were a trick she tricked you and <laughs> she did she she took you for all you had and and that's what what conte's done with tottenham because not only has he not only are all their players in worse con contractual positions i mean harry kane more likely you wasted keeping harry kane <laughs> like what yeah. i mean there's no he, he took everything from them and i think he's gonna they're a shell of a club and let's all laugh at spurs <laughs> huh. can't i i can't wait and and i don't know maybe uh maybe one of us took it off here but uh, i was just looking for the oh now here we go Tottenham get better everywhere they go Dude, if you need an example, and, and I'm tooting my own horn here a little bit, look at that head versus this one. Look at the facial. I mean, this is where I see it the most. When I play when I play videos of myself from a year and a half ago, um, I mean, this is a fucking bowling ball. 
So, <laughs> yo, what's crazy? What's crazy is like the the amount of weight that you're losing is it actually insane, Mike? Like right. I actually don't know where you're going. I don't know if like when there's nothing left, is all the magic gone? Honestly, is all the magic when you when you physically remove eighty five percent of your stomach, uh, it, it makes it a little easier. I have to say, uh, but yeah, no, look, I mean, I'm still the same guy in here. I mean, my you know. Yeah, but you got you. My brain is shrinking, my heart is shrinking. So you know, maybe I won't be as compassionate or smart or funny. But uh, you know, but uh, I'm literally I'm on my way to being half the man I used to be. I like it because, like before, you know, you you were uh, you were a BBW, but now you're a little bit of a beef kitten. You know, like that girl, she's got a little extra weight on, and you're like, ooh, but girl, you cute though. That's you yeah. right now. Well, I'm 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 uh, I'm thick. With yeah, two yeah, no, you, you, no, no, you're on your way to being slim thick. You're a beef kitten. You're about to be slim thick. And then I mean, let's in. not let's let's not belabor the point. I'm still fat. <laughs> I'm yeah, still fat. I'm just not like the skinniest I, person on the pod now. I'm not Guinness Book of World Records fat anymore. Uh, I'm not make fun of yourself solely as a way of coping with the misery fat anymore. I'm pretty sure you weigh less than me now. So there's that. So well, there you I'm, go. I'm also. Oh. You know, we've gone for two hours and we haven't more. talked about this like final ten games at yeah, no. all. Dude, dude, bear with us because this this is literally my my one March podcast. So we're we're. I mean, I I have nowhere. I mean, I have stuff to do, but I I'm, I'm willing to just go go through this as long as people stay on. Uh, let you know. We know that short pods are preferable, but we got so much to catch up on, and and this is the most fun I've had in a, in a couple of weeks. So, dude, I, speaking of, I miss you, buddy. And I know. if you and if you like, I mean, I do out, too. I didn't. I didn't mean like I know you miss me. <laughs> I thought no. I thought you were just doing a Han Solo. I love you. I know. <laughs> you know. I thought. I thought you were just Mister Cool for a second. But listen, if you if you want to bottle this energy and just really be a part of this, don't forget that coming up in April we will be at Gooner Palooza. Yeah, good right. time. To, good time to talk about that, Mike. Aren't you doing something special while you're there? I am, and I'm very honored to do that. But I have to say that uh, when you and I were last together, a, a certain thing happened, namely um, me waking up from an hour and a half slumber in the exact position I'm in right now. Um, <laughs> he, to, was, he was literally in the pool. To, I was in the pool sleeping uh, is the kind word for it um, because of a, a, a certain amount of vodka. And, uh, and, and opening my eyes and squinting to see a shootout going on uh, that Arsenal apparently did not win against Sporting Lisbon. And, we gotta uh, talk about that. And and when uh, and when that occurred, I may have said once or twice that it completely that you know because that led to our game against Southampton being moved from Sunday to Friday, that may have ruined Chicago. That's an overstatement because Chicago's not ruined. It was just largely largely impacted. Um, but uh, Gunnar Palooza is in Chicago, Illinois. U.S. Oh God, you have a picture. <laughs> <laughs> this Mike was actually physically asleep, like physically out. And the best part, listen, let me talk. What, I don't normally guys... sleep through Arsenal games, but that one. I, I, yeah, but 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 let me talk to you guys about what a champion, what champion mentality is made out of. Okay, so Mike is in that pool, completely passed out, and I, as a responsible friend, and probably a naive friend really a weak friend said, Mike, you need to stay away from the grill. You making a steak right now is a terrible idea. Boy, did you tell me wrong. When I tell you this man gets out of the pool completely like he'd been just up the whole time, 
howled himself off and then grilled some mean ass steaks that I I ate in front of him. It is and there's a video of me eating them actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think that's the stuff of legends. That's well, that's the sort of story that they need to tell the team before they go out and play Leeds. I you think. know some you know some people. Yeah, I can do the Stu McFarland pep talk about being drunk and eating and making steak. Um, or I can give that to, to Adu. Um, the, uh, some people just, they have a talent that permeates any kind of physical dis- capabilities or, or lack thereof. You know, some people are, uh, uh, you know, like they can do maths uh, and they can speak in a different language like super well, sometimes even better when they're completely, you know, drunk. I'm, I'm like that with steak. I mean, you get me by the grill. And uh, and, and I, I'll cook up a goddamn steak for you. Uh, it, I was really place. mad at how mad because what you don't understand is I literally spent what was the whole thing? Work. Well, because Andy was there as well. I mean, the three of us yeah. were together, and I, I wanted to do a pod. I wanted to do content, and and, and was in no condition to do any of that. But I was in condition to make steak. But they're like, Mike, do not make steak. Do not make steak. Forty minutes of us saying no, and then he comes back, and, and I'm like, said, fine. And I eat his steak, worried that I might die. It's so funny. You weren't worried that I was going to die in front of the grill. You were worried that you were going to die because I couldn't cook the steak. Yeah, and it was delicious. I I promise you, it was it was delicious. It was juicy. It wasn't too dry. It wasn't too it wasn't too juicy. Like it wasn't too raw. It was perfectly cooked. Like it was even cool in the middle. Like it was pink all the way out and just that cool little delicious. Yeah, I I I would recommend my steak to. Now, to Gordon Ramsay himself. Gordon Ramsay, if you're listening, there's a man that I know that can make a steak better than you. Now, Daniel steak Robert has had a steak life. with me. That that steak was uh, was was made by a uh, Weatherspoons in Boramwood. Uh, he mentioned it earlier in the podcast in the chat. Um, that was not a good steak. This was a good steak. So, um, but anyway, because that happened, it moved the Southampton game. Uh, well, it failed to move it. I guess it was going to be Friday, but moved to Sunday when we inevitably got through the Europa League. It was essentially restored to being Friday, right in the middle of a Cubs game that 16 of us were going to be going to and enjoying ourselves at. But instead, we'll be watching the game on uh, on Thursday, on Friday. Uh, this is the 20th uh, of April, I believe. Um, 21st of April. Uh, we'll be watching the game at the Globe in Chicago. We will then be going to a gala a Gunnar Palooza gala uh, where you dress as you would have in the, uh, what, in the, in the 90s or late 90s, early 2000s. I don't even um, know what that means. I don't, I don't either. It just, I'm Do I just show get, up like in my Will Smith mask? I'm going to have to get fat again. Um, <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I was uh, a baby. And remove my... <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna I'm just going to show like, up in a diaper. You're gonna it's gonna like be... 90s, let's go. <laughs> yeah. You wanted '90s style. Why, why don't you take '90s? Everybody has to baby. dress like they were in 1999, so you'll be in a typey. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then on Saturday at one o'clock, uh, and there are still tickets available, but they are very very close to selling out. We are doing a super podcast, a live podcast, uh, for uh, about 150 people that will be there. Tickets have already been sold; they're being sold. You go uh, follow the Chicago Gooner. Uh, Chicago Gooners on um, on uh, uh, Twitter, and you can get more details or go to Chicago Gooners' website. There's links for everything. The reason that they were tickets sold is because we are raising money for charity, specifically the Arsenal Foundation, through the efforts of the Arsenal Vision podcast. 
Speaking of the Arsenal Vision podcast, your panel, which I am thrilled to be hosting, um, there I'm going to do my best to have it not be anything about me. I'll be uh, essentially facilitating. Failed. We'll fail, uh, but we'll be doing introductions. We'll be having user questions. We'll be talking about Arsenal season and everything, uh, including the Arsenal Foundation. Your guests on the panel include Elliot Smith, aka Yankee Gunner, Paz, aka Paul, uh, also from the Arsenal Vision. We're going to have the super, super Sophie Nicolau from the Highbury squad. Tom Canton's coming all the way from London to uh, to join us uh, on stage and uh, and give his views and experience uh, from the Gunner Talk TV. And former Miami John, now Chicago John, uh, who if you are if you've been listening to podcasts long enough to remember the 305 cast, he was actually one of the earlier adapters to podcasting. Uh, and has appeared many, many times on the Gunner Talk and other podcasts, including ours. Uh, so it's going to be a great chat. Uh, there's still tickets for sale. Um, we'll be hanging out after that on Saturday. And then Sunday, when there was supposed to be a game, we'll probably just be hanging out some more, watching games, drinking. But it's uh, it's the first annual Gooners, Gooner Palooza, and, uh, and and we're looking to really have a lot of fun with people. Uh, the, now, the Mike, live- now, Mike, 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 I will forgive you now I, you have wronged me horribly I'm gonna call, i'll call you out from the stage don't worry no no no. you've wronged me horribly by not having me on but i will forgive you if and only if you can carry my torch and bring up that time i spoke with odegaard on stage that's all oh, i ask i i will uh i mean we've got the pictures i i will do my best uh to bring that up you know if it's in the flow so you know sometimes some of the best scenes of a movie get end up on the cutting room floor so you know if that happens just don't beat me up in front of everybody but uh, but no, it's going to be great. We're gonna. I mean, there's going to be plenty of really really great people, uh, and then plenty of people who probably do suck uh, in the crowd. I just I'm not going to name and categorize them. But uh, but yeah, no, there's going to be some amazing people there. Uh, the podcast itself is not going to be broadcast live. Whether there's a version of it that comes out later or not is to be determined. Uh, but this is an exclusive event that is uh, it's going to be uh, you know for the people that are there who are registered. And, uh, and who have helped to donate to what is an incredible charity, the Arsenal Foundation. Um, and Elliot will be talking a lot about his experiences. He was recently over in Jordan um, on the way, in, in between two stints in London uh, for Arsenal games. He was in Jordan on the front lines of what the Arsenal Foundation is doing for disadvantaged kids and families. So it's, uh, it's going to be amazing. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and I hope to see many of you there. And, and, you know, the trend of people coming over from the States for these events where there's not even the team there uh, is growing. Uh, Tom Canton's coming to Chicago. We've got Dempsey coming to Gunagraw 9 a few months ago and or last month and Gunagraw 10 next season. So, um, you know, it's a worthwhile thing to come on over. Uh, it's about the Arsenal. It's not just about watching the Arsenal. It's about the Gunner family. So can't wait to see you there, Aston. It'll be like our third time in in uh in a month so yeah i well i i told you just get the adoption papers ready like you can be my new daddy but listen i i we don't start feuds here we don't start feuds here we don't name names we're not going to try to start internet beef as it is to say with other podcasts and podcasters but i will say for the people that you are saying that are that are not so cool that are going to be in the audience won't name names but i could save her i could absolutely save her 
I actually, Anyways. I, I, I actually don't know where I, the fact that I just said there'll be really cool people there made me feel as though I had to balance that out by saying there were going to be uncool people there, but everyone that's coming is amazing. So, uh, oh, okay. But I can still clarify. save her. Just want to clarify. But we're not going to, we're not going to say she who shall not be named. So moving on from Gunnar Palooza, one of the, oh, really? That... Huh? Is someone coming that I wasn't aware of? Isn't she who shall not be named coming? I don't think so. No, it doesn't matter. Either Somebody way. Lives in England now? No. I am trying I am trying so hard to transition this into our final 10 games, but before we talk about the final 10 games, we do need to talk about a game that just happened in our recent form. Do you even remember the Crystal Palace game at this point? Not much, and 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 it wasn't because for the same reason I don't remember the Lisbon game, but it was just because mm-hmm. of of time having passed. I did go up to Tampa. I uh Andy was uh our, our own Andy was Oh, was you in- did. He was in town with his family and uh, and the Rhodes family and the Feinberg family, uh, the the uh, the adults of the Feinberg family and the entire Rhodes family went to McDinton's in Tampa for the second week in a row. We uh, we spent uh, some time with Tom Sable um, and uh, I'm thinking that's a pretty good strategy. I'm sorry that I'm not going to be watching the game with him tomorrow because both of those games, the Fulham game and the Crystal Palace game, we uh, you know we got our we got our scoring on, we got our routing on, three nothing and three nil and four one. Um, yeah, I, I'm learning that we need somebody else to. It was four one right against against Palace. We did concede right. Yeah, one. one yeah. Okay. But I, I'm I'm starting to realize we need something to balance out because me and you alone, we don't have a good run going. But but me and you plus like one other. Well, Andy sucks. But that's just Andy. But but anyway, Andy, Andy we, wasn't even watching the game. He was he, like him and his son were playing like some iPad or something like that the whole time. So I don't even think Andy. Andy yeah, Andy I don't even know who that we won until afterwards when I told him. But listen, Andy only shows up so that he can beat hers in the race to who's who shows up on the podcast the most. Yeah. Um. But listen. So going into that game, I think what's really interesting there there are a couple aspects we can talk about. We obviously you've got the two goals and assists for our star boy Bakayo Saka, who's really picking up. Starting to, I think that's twenty two goal contributions for him this year. Martinelli with his crazy finish, Ben White. But I what but I really want to focus on actually zooming all the way out is that scoreline. So recently, it's been told to us, as as is always told to us, we're not winning the league because blank. And right now it's being told to us that City is heating up. You don't understand. City's hitting form. You're getting really good. But what about our form? What about the fact that if you look at our like last five games or four games, no, five games, we've scored more than three goals, and this was n- nothing different. Are we heating up right now are we hitting peak arsenal form is this the best form we've been in all season i mean it was a great late february early march that's for sure i mean we'll see what the international break uh, has has brought i mean it usually brings a, a slight change in form uh one way or the other for teams um but you know c- cities look like they were i mean i i thought at gunagra i was talking to kevin and 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 others about uh you know the best thing to happen to city is going to be their, their, you know, Premier league charges because it's, it's, it's bringing them all together. And they went out and they, you know, and it happened right after they drew against Spurs or lost to Spurs one way or the other. I can't remember. Um, and, you know, I thought that they were never going to lose another game. And when they, when they beat us a week or two later, uh, I, I thought that again, and then they went out and dropped points to, was it Villa or somebody? 
uh, or I mean, they it, no, it was someone worse than that even. It, so they have their hiccups, and now they're back in great form again. We had our hiccup, and now we're back in great form again. The the big difference is going to be when we start talking about the fitness and the and the injuries that are you know that are starting to stack up a little bit. But uh, if we if we keep performing the way that we are, we're certainly going to going to play well against the teams that we should be beating. Uh, we we swept Fulham away, and they're not they're no chumps. We swept Palace away, and you know having lost Vieira, who knows what, what impact that had, but, uh, you know, they've been all right, not so much lately. Um, but you know, we've got other than Liverpool and Newcastle and city, we've got what I would consider to be a fairly flat track ahead of us. And, and I'm feeling more confident than I have in a long, long time that we're going to dispose of these teams fairly easily, as opposed to why is it that we play so well in this game? And then, shit the bed against Everton, for example. Well, well, that's, and that's just the thing. I, I've been saying for a long time, even at the beginning of the season, you know, as good as we were, I always felt there was another gear we could go up. And I think at the end of December or the end of November, beginning of December, we started to see that. And then we got cut by the World Cup. Gabriel Jesus gets hurt. We had to re-bet in Trussard. Martinelli has a little bit of a hangover from the World Cup. And we start to dip in form. But now we're back to that thing where everybody always talks about this isn't the best version of City. City has more weaknesses in their armor than they normally do. And I kept saying, but I don't think you've seen the best of Arsenal either yet. And now I'm starting to say, like, look at these players they do have more gears. You know, we, we, you know, I just, that. I just, I just had this realization because I've been, my mind has been on anything but Arsenal lately, really. It just has been. Um, I just remembered that we have Leandro Trossard <laughs> and I just got so excited. <laughs> like, I forgot that we had him. I, I want somebody clip that. The moment I didn't, like, when Mike remembered that, that we like, had Trossard and the giggle, the, the smile that leapt across his face. I, I mean, you know, you know, when we were having the Nuno Tavares conversation, I'm naming all the people that are blocking his pathway to being a starter, and I didn't even name Trossard. And I did see it in the chat. Uh, someone else mentioned it. But, like, I, I just keep forgetting. That, we have that, a guy. He, you know, and, and I'm, in talking about this Balogun thing and who, uh, I, you know, Trossard can do the job. I keep forgetting that we have that guy. And he's, like, literally the perfect addition to this club at this point in time. And what I love about Trussard is, see, Trussard is a baller in the way that I liked my midfielders back in the day under Wenger, where if you notice, Trussard does that pass and move thing so well. We talk about that oh, Crystal Palace game. And that, that, unbelievable. That, that, that reverse pass into Xhaka and that movement to like know where to create the space for Xhaka, that's in, that was Santi Cazorla. That yeah. reminded me of Santi Cazorla, like reincarnated right there, good with both feet. He has been, I think, the best signing of January, period. Well, I mean, who who else is even coming close <laughs> in, in world football? Who else is coming close to being that good of a signing that happened in January? I mean, that's, that's nobody that Chelsea signed, uh, you know, certainly not on the pitch yet, maybe later, but I mean, you know, who else could be? You know, um, we've... You know, we've Liverpool, been having... Liverpool signed Gakpo, but I, I would say Trossard's a better signing right now. I mean, five years from now, that'll be different, but best signing. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you know, we're having a good uh, chat when I haven't remembered to bring any of my um, graphs up. And these are a few that I wanted to remind uh, remind 
people of like this one right here. This is the creativity graph. What's so interesting about this graph, this is shot creating actions and progressive passing combined, right? When you look at this graph, Odegaard is above De Bruyne. Jaka is ahead of Gundogan. Partey is ahead of Rodri. We quietly, very quietly, while everybody wants to give all the plaudits to all the other teams and Manchester City, what a crazy team they have, and they're the best in Europe, very quietly under the hood. We have been and consistently been the best team in the league and quite possibly in Europe. Matter of fact, when we look across Europe, nobody's been involved in more attacking sequences than Martin Odegaard and Bukayo Saka. Like, this is happening. This is, I'm not, I'm not imagining this. This isn't some dream. This isn't me finding like, okay, well, which, which player has the most goals with their left foot? These are insanely positive stats and they're only trending upward as the season goes on. I'm actually very, very quiet. I'm nervous, obviously. I, I don't think you can get away from the nerves, but it's that, um, it's almost like that that itch. I don't know if you ever watched like cartoons like uh that and they Not have in that, the last that, 42 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But that stereotype of that like, you know the fighter in or or like a boxing match where it's like the fighter is fighting against somebody that should beat the crap out of him but he's a little excited to check, like to see what he can do. That's where I, how I feel about Arsenal right now where I could be nervous about these games and trust me I am, but I'm also very very excited are you feeling what can like, arsenal do are you feeling like this we got this it's happening and it's and we're gonna win this mother <laughs> is that how you're feeling right now <laughs> when you said it's happening i start scrolling down to go to find the videos <laughs> i knew i knew i i've been i've been setting that layup for for a minute, I was like, "Wait, when is it coming?" We can't go a whole. I didn't want. I didn't want. I didn't want to interrupt you in the midst of a, of a rant. Uh, thank you to the twenty one of you that are still with us after two hours and ten minutes. I know this is absurdly long, and 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 some of you have been with us since the start. It's uh, for for all of you that are over in the UK. It's after midnight right now, so you're li- literally we've been on for two days. Uh, by the way, this podcast has officially now become a joke, an April Fool's joke uh for those of you who are uh, over in the uk so just forget everything that we've just said it was we were kidding yeah it um, wasn't that's not even mike that's really like two kids in a suit <laughs> it's like that commercial with the three kids in the suit yeah. um all right so uh what else so yeah we yeah, uh no, no. the we point is the this final Christmas. run is like how are you feeling what's the banana skin for you are you nervous are you excited are you ready is your body I, ready I'm I'm nervous. Uh, oh, my body's ready for a lot of things, but but I'm not sure it's ready for uh, for this. I I I'm I'm honestly, I've I've been thinking about how I feel about Arsenal lately because I mean I I've been I've been a little overwhelmed with life, uh, with responsibilities, with so many different projects that I have uh, going on that I've taken on that I have thrust upon me. Um, look, I mean. You know, it's not all I, I'm not always in the pool with a unicorn just chilling. I'm always working on the side of the pool. It, it, it's a busy life right now. And Arsenal being the part, the huge part of the life, my life that it is, it has been stressing me out a little bit lately because there's so much going on. The summer tour, which I plan on being a big part of and covering and and doing the charity and and all the details are coming out and the Chicago event and 
the Mastodon server that we have going on uh, with, with Aditya, who's up at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, I mean, there's just so many cool, fun things and excitement going on with Arsenal that I'm starting to freak out a little bit and and be like, it, it was it was I just had to take a break. So, um, but starting tomorrow, the excitement begins again, and it doesn't stop until the season is over. Um, I mean, we have a very, very good shot at this, and I think that there is one thing that could keep us from pulling this off, and it's injuries and fitness. And I'm, and that's what my, you know, I have to be stressed about something. I think our play the last five or six games has been unbelievable. I think we're in as good of a place as we can, especially with our attack right now. But injuries freak me out because, you know, look, we all have the PTSD from what happened last season. Um, Let you me know, ask you this. Blame, it on, you this. blame it on our January, but we had injury after injury and the steps down to the players that had to play as a result of them blew our chances at top four, and I don't want that to happen again this season. But, but let me ask you this, because you're, you're worried about injuries. We we do have an injury. Obviously, William Saliba has his lower back injury. By the way, amazing poker face once again from Mikel Arteta. I cannot tell when this guy will be fit, whether he could show up and, and play in the Leeds game, and I literally wouldn't be surprised. We are hearing we're, – we're hearing from people that we know who know that it's it, – I mean, he's not in good shape. They might risk him, so he might play, but it's – it's it's No, no, no. He, I, I don't know that he – I don't know that he's not in, in great shape. I know that he shouldn't play on – he shouldn't be playing the Leeds game at all, no, I, what I, I've heard. What, 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 what I've been told is that he could potentially need surgery. And that he is in a pretty bad condition, but given the stakes, they may risk him. Not not Saturday, most likely, but they may risk him as needed. You know, because we've got some games coming up: Liverpool, uh, City, and all that. But uh, but that it could go at any time. But but our focus is on on Saliba. What did you think of Rob Holding? Rob Holding has always been able. He's always had it in him to come in and do a job. He did it in the FA Cup final. He did it against Palace. He's done it many, many times before. Um, he also has it in him to have a game like he did against Spurs last year in the run-in, and which, you know, argument, arguably his red card, which whether it was deserved or not, he was certainly overzealous and, and, and reckless. Um, and he, you know, he's a step down from Saliba, but, if it's between playing him in his natural position and keeping the rest of the lineup intact or shifting everybody around. And I, you know, I saw a tweet today that Partey was practicing throw-ins, which would lead you to believe that he could be playing right back with Ben Saliba or with uh, Ben White uh, switching over. Doesn't and Partey always practice throw-ins? Cause he does. I, it was apparently a notable thing uh, that you would expect out of your right back. Um, and, um, you know, and he can play right back and he has played right back as recently as I think the end of the palace game. Uh, but you know, you, you don't know, you think that this is a little bit of a different proposition because he's going to have been white on the outside of him. He'll have Gabrielle next to him. Like, don't you think that, uh, and Partey in front of him, by the way, that he was missing as well in that Spurs game. Do you yeah, feel I, maybe that. Rob Holding can get us over the line, or do you think that if it is Rob Holding until the end of the season, that you're going to abandon all hope? It, 
I'm not going to abandon all hope. I, I think it, we certainly have a lesser chance of beating teams with talented uh, offenses and, and that are good from set pieces with Rob Holding in there. Um, it could cost us points against City. It could cost us points against Liverpool. Um, but, you know. That would for, be the title. For Well, not necessarily. It could be. But, but it, uh, you know, it, it, it's not ideal, but I don't have the same sense of fear of holding playing, especially if it, if Saliba's measured very carefully and he's given he's given some some rest and holding plays against Leeds, holding plays against you know maybe uh, some of the other teams after Liverpool. Uh, I'd rather have holding in there than here we are at this point. I'd rather have holding in there than shifting everybody else around and having the kind of Jorginho, you know, and then Xhaka, you know, and 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 uh, Partey and right back and and White and center back. I'd rather I'd rather holding than that, um, and look, it's what we got to go with. No one was clamoring for us to sign a center back in January, and so we can't really look back and say, "Hey, this is what you get." If we have a right back and a center back both out for a considerable period of time, and I'm talking about Tomiyasu and 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 Saliba, then thank God we have players who are as flexible as they are to be able to cover other positions. But let's try to just keep things. You know, let's plug the one with a player who's who's seasoned and knows how to play a game. He, holding can play a 9 out of 10 when when the time, when the day is right, when the opponent is right. He's also capable of playing a 4 out of 10 and we just hope that it's, you know, it's the 9 that we need. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't risk Kirior, a brand new face who who who's barely played for us well, and may have a bright future here. It, it's got to be holding. Well, it'd, it'd be the wrong side. I think that you would play Ben True. White before you would play QER there, right? Like you would, if you were that worried about Rob, and, and that's an interesting thing, right? Because in Rob Holding, you also have a player that has played right back. Again, I don't want him anywhere near starting right back, but he has played right back. So I'm not saying play him as a right back, but having him and Ben White in the same zones, I think is helpful. For Rob Holding. So I, I think it's a bit of a different situation. I think more pressing is, and, and this kind of comes back to the Tierney conversation as well. Tomiyasu and Tierney get injured a lot. A lot, a lot. And at what point, even though I and I'm gonna say this, I don't I don't think I would trade most I, I unless your name is Reese James, I don't think I would trade a right back in the league for Tomiyasu. Sorry, like I, I, I really don't. Th- I, I really think he's that good. But you like, is that you like him better record? than like Wan for example? Or oh, no? Are you kidding me? Wan is yeah, terrible going yeah. forward. Well, that's true. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. We've got, we've got two, two very good right backs and right backs that can also play center back in Ben White's case and left back in Tomiyasu's case. I mean, this was the whole strategy, and and frankly. The ability for our, for our players to, to play in two positions, a lot of the people that we brought in in the last two years, I think that's what we will ultimately see potentially be the difference uh, as we go through some of these injuries this year versus the way we had to adapt to injuries last season and, right. and the seasons before. So um, I'm not, you know, I, we'll, we'll find out what Saliba's got bef- and, and whether he's going to you know, whether it's going to affect his next season, if he does have to have surgery over the summer, backs are tricky um, when they're real, unlike the mesodozal thing, which was not real. 
but uh, you know, it's it's scary, and I and I am worried about it because you know he is one of the guys that that whole spine going forward. Gabriel, um, Saliba, Partey, um, Gabby Jesus. You know, those are the guys that we see the largest step down when we replace them, and yet still here we are, ten games out, five points up. And uh, and trying to patch together what we can. So, I'm I'm just as we get closer and closer, I I am going to start to believe. I I I'm still a little nervous about it though. Not too nervous to have planned a trip to to London for the last two games of the season, um, unless I decide to sell the twenty eight thousand uh, dollar pound ticket. But so, so can I can I say by the way, Arsenal are supposedly really cracking down on that, which is. Kind of, kind of There's thing. only so much you can do, though. Uh, no, no, no. But, but I'm, but I'm saying, like, I actually really like the direction that the club takes to protect its fans. Like that, you can see that this isn't about, like, this isn't a capitalist interest for them. This isn't about recouping funds or anything. This is literally just about protecting fans. Oh, I agree. If if it was about a capitalist thing, they would have flexible pricing. They would, yeah, yeah. they would. The, these tickets, because the team is so good and so in demand, they would be three hundred three hundred pounds each. Um, that would be capitalism on the club's part. Yeah. The way I look at the the, the pricing, I mean, I, I have a slightly different approach. I, I get the club element of it, and that you know, ripping off your your fellow fans is 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 bullshit. But I've always been kind of a, a you know, an economic person. I, I I've I've bought tickets. I've bought things that are in high demand before simply to sell them. Um, that's not what bots and 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 ticket people are doing i normally for example i would buy eight tickets to something that i knew was going to be a great ticket and sell six and use two as a way of paying for my own two so i mean i i I don't have as much of a problem with with the prices you know with people putting their their tickets on resale use your money use your money to to make sure that you know people that aren't don't have enough money to go okay you can't go i i get it you gotta you gotta make sure that the the event stays classy Yes, but unfortunately, what I do have a problem with is people using unfair advantages to block Arsenal members out of getting tickets, then selling those tickets to people, profiting profiting on them purely for the sake of profit without it being a means to an end, and the fact that the major- that a lot of the people buying those tickets at those prices are not going to fill the place with noise and 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 spirit and fun. Those are the problems that you have with it, and you know we. Look, most teams in America, if they could sell every ticket they own as a season ticket, they would, and many do. And you just have to get your season – you have to get your tickets from those people on the secondary market. That's just the way it works. The The Premier League's a little bit different. And um, trust me, Arsenal could fill 60,000 seats every – I mean, they, they've got a 100,000-person waiting list. So if they wanted to – you know, they, they've got something like, I don't know, thirty-five or 40,000 season tickets, and they keep it there – so that members and 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 supporters groups and all that have access to the rest of the tickets, which is great. If they wanted to, they could just have, they could pull the first twenty thousand people off the waiting list, have sixty thousand seats sold out, and then put in a system where you'd have to get your tickets from those people. No one would want that. So it's a it's a tough situation. But supply and demand rules the world, and it shouldn't be surprising that. 25 times the number of people want to go to games over the next two months than did in 2018. It's, it's just, you know, don't have a cow over that. It's just human nature. Um, uh, you know, but if, 
people who shouldn't have their hands on those tickets are getting their hands on those tickets. That's the problem. And I think that's what the club's working hard to do. And it's you been were- madlessly frustrating for people like Mark and for folks. Uh, I mean, you see tweets and tweets and tweets online about it, but it's, uh, it's, it's maddening uh, to, to pay for a membership that's supposed to give you priority and suddenly have that absolutely not deliver what it's supposed to, what it's supposed to do because of bots. I love, um, I think that uh, it, it, it's funny to me because there are two things that you said in that, in, in that little, that beautiful diatribe, by the way. I, but I was like, if we ever wanted this podcast to go another two hours, two things that you said, you brought up Ozo and, and you brought up supply and demand being human nature. And I think those are two things that we will, we would argue about for hours. And if you want that sort of exclusive content, remember to like and subscribe at the bottom. And we have a Gooners podcast Patreon coming back coming out where you can hear Mike and Aston argue about is Ozil a piece of shit time. Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to say, is Ozil a piece of shit? Um, <laughs> He's so angry. Oh man. I, he's a piece I, of shit. I have, uh, I he's have, a good, he was a good player for a while, but he's a piece of shit. Uh, all right. He's fine. I think he's, I think he's a, I, I don't think he's much worse than any other player that didn't like, like I, 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 I there's, they're very he's not much few. worse than any other piece of shit, but he's a piece of shit. Well, no, I'm saying like any other player that didn't come through for Arsenal. I'm like, eh. You know, what, uh, you, nah, I think you're far more far more sinister than that, Aston. But let's let's look. See, this is this is encouraging me to start getting back into. Po- I mean, I, I <laughs> getting back into podcast. We have look to, look at him. He's in the pool. Just about this, and not- he's in the pool. Well, this is why I said we're doing advertisement for our exclusive bonus content, the Ozil debate. Yeah, where and at- and, and, and and look, I'll, Josh Kronk I'll, is getting in on that. By the way. I'll do those pods all day long, not all day long, but I'll do them all the time. And 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 I'm going to need to have something to do now that I'm not going to have the pool for the next three or four months. I'm going to be back at my old studio back in Virginia. So, uh, so yeah, we'll uh, like a pleb. Yeah, like like the oh. like the shit like like the shitty people that are shitty for a different reason than the Mezzanozal is shitty. He's so so. It's so crazy to me. Okay, I'm just gonna say this and get out. It is so crazy to me the amount of hate you have for Ozil and the amount of love you have for Giroud. It is just yeah, because Giroud's not blows a piece of shit. My, blows my mind. He, he, he's done. He's done a couple of shitty things, but he's not a piece of shit. Ozil's a piece of shit. <laughs> Giroud, Giroud. Giroud has <laughs> done some things I didn't like, but. <laughs> <laughs> is is a, is someone that I don't like. So, yeah, you, know, you, know, you, you know, your parents say, "Hey, I love you, but I don't like you right now." That was how I felt about Giroud during the whole Chelsea thing. But you, that, wait, wait, wait—that's the thing that you're upset with Giroud about. That's what you're upset with Giroud about. The thing he did with Chelsea, not the like three months he didn't score for us. No, I'm not. I, 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 I'm, I'm not here. I, I would have. I would have preferred he scored for us, but some, you know, him going through a slump, <laughs> three years out of a seven-year career with Arsenal is, or, or eight, whatever it was. Three I, years, three. You, three he months, was only in a slump months. for three. What? No, three months what? out. Of, three months out of a seven-year career. But the, the man never. The are are you kidding guy. me? Are you kidding me? Olivier Giroud sat in front of a team that used to 
create chances for fun. And he scored a hundred and some odd goals for Arsenal in seven years. He struggled. He struggled to get to past twenty. If you would have put, if you would have put literally like any other striker in front of like Ozil, Ramsey, and Cazorla, they would have scored like forty goals a season. It was absurd the amount of chances that Giroud missed. He was a donkey. Oh my god. This is our, our relationship has gone full circle now to the day <laughs> the first time we met. And it um, begins. No, no but it, listen, if you love, and that's a perfect place to cut the podcast because I think that we've gone around enough. I, I, is there anything else you want to cover with the, the final matches or anything? No, I mean, look, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly try to start podcasting more often. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, some of the conversation, look, we won't even need, we'll just go Ozil versus, whatever and 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 you and i we know we could talk for an hour um so uh so let's start doing that more often um and uh and yeah i mean it's 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 gonna be a uh it's gonna be an interesting run-in it starts tomorrow it doesn't stop after that and uh i i think you know look i i'm not generally confident about arsenal games i don't like to be confident uh i felt super Super confident before the Palace game, uh, for whatever reason, and I'm keep bringing that with me into tomorrow. I think uh, Leeds is kind of at sixes and sevens right now. I don't have the That's bell. That's exactly right. why I'm scared of them. Well, uh, yeah, but uh, as long as our as long as this is he- is straight and the club talking about full circle, as long as the club remember who they are. Where's the picture? Uh, as long as the club tomorrow step out on the pitch and they remember who they are, what they are, and who they represent. I see tomorrow being another 4-1. Listen, uh, I I want to say yes because – and the reason I want to say yes and the reason I am going to say yes is because that's what the players have earned. Players have earned me pushing down my PTSD, my fear, and my and my – my my sadness that I've had with this club for so long and and putting that aside and beginning to hope and believe earned it. But Kyle Saka, Thomas, uh, well, I'm not going to say his name. Kyle Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, Jesus, Trussard, Odegaard, all of you guys have have inspired this. I also forgot I, Gabby was back. I also forgot Jesus was back. Look at him. He's so excited. He's like a kid. Oh, do you start Jesus? Over Tressard? Yeah. Ooh, really? Yeah, but Tressard basically starts warming up a minute or two into the second half and and comes on for whoever need whoever he needs to in like the fifty fifth minute if if need be. But yeah, yeah, I start I start Jesus if if I if I see the starting eleven tomorrow and Tressard's in there instead of Jesus, I'll be hippy skippy happy. It won't bother me. And the craziest thing is. If you see the starting eleven tomorrow and Trussard starts over Jesus, you're happy, and that's a that's wonderful, yeah, one hundred percent. The the best problem to have is to have two players I love so much, where it's like these are my two favorite things, and I can't have them at the same time, but I want them. Well, I want and, them, and you know, there's a, there are other places that that Trussard, I mean, Trussard could come in for four different people, whoever you know. Is struggling has a slight knock. You know, you can come in for Saka if Saka is getting kicked around again, just to protect him. I mean, that, that it's a luxury to have that. Um, and um, Jesus, 
not as versatile uh, of the ability to come in. So I guess that's why I would start Jesus, because if we can get 66, 65 minutes out of Jesus, great. Um, but if, if Trossard needs to come in sooner, you can adapt to that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm literally, I, I feel like I'm being reunited with a bunch of my old friends because, you know, because I just, I haven't seen them for a long time and it's going to be fun. And I'm jumping on a Feels so good. Second the game, there won't be an open mic show tomorrow unless you run it because the second the game ends, we are off to the airport to uh, to fly back to the early, the late. Oh my god! Oh my god! Get out of here! I'm done. Oh yeah, we we have we have the Neil Smith row. <laughs> Aditya at five thirty three in the morning coming out with uh, coming out with Smith row. I forgot about him. No, I didn't forget about him. But yeah, no, we're. Uh, oh. I mean, as long as long as we don't make just stupid defensive boners in the back. Uh, there's no way Leeds defense can cope with what we have up there. And that's, I, I see Not a, without a coach for a sure. return, a return to the Emirates. Uh, a, you know, I mean, they, they have a coach. He's just not, he hasn't been there that long, but the um, return to the Emirates, David Rocastle day, rest in peace, David. Um, and uh, I mean, it's all lined up to be uh, the Arsenal America road trip tomorrow. Um, it's it's meant to be, and uh, so feel good about it. And then uh, as soon as the game's over, I'm jumping on a plane and going back to the cold. But uh, but we will podcast next week. I promise it. Uh, not on uh, Passover though. Not on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry, not on Wednesday or Thursday. But we'll do it. And uh, <laughs> are you are you sure? Are you sure that you celebrate? It's Wednesday and it's Thursday. Uh, I will not be eating bread. I haven't eaten bread for five months, so it should be nice and easy. And that's it. So, yeah, and uh, I think, and that's a wonderful place to call it. Call it. Remember, everybody, this has been the TGP podcast. If you like what we do, go ahead and drop us a like at the bottom. Give us a. I think there's like a super thanks. Share us. You know, just generally try to keep thanks. us in the loop. Just yeah, and please try to, go to <laughs> go to GoonersVCancer.com in honor of Rocky, in honor of everyone that we know that's been impacted. Uh, we're, we we'd love to see some donations, and obviously we'll mention them on the podcast next week. So, Aston. Great to see you again, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say also, if there's ever any content ideas that you guys want to drop for us, make sure you go ahead and at the Gooners podcast on Twitter, drop us your ideas. And until next time, Mikel Arteta leads the Arsenal, his Arsenal Red Army into battle yet again. We are in squeaky bum time. Come on, you Gooners. Let's let's hope that continues. But um, yeah, this this team is different. This club is different. I told you we were going to win the league. I told you we were going to win the treble, the quadruple, the quintuple. We're going to win all the duples. We're going to win tournaments that we're not even participating in. Ah, you did it at the same time. See you later. Come on, you guys. Watching the Gooners Podcast, a production of TGP Media, a wholly owned subsidiary of Wanker Broadcasting Company Limited PLC. All rights and likenesses, except for Owens, are available for purchase and distribution according to the historical tenets of Bird Law. Make sure to check out the Gooners Podcast at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TGP. Find Gooners V Cancer at GoonersVCancer.com. And don't forget, get them credit cards out. The Gooners Podcast has been brought to you thanks to a generous investment from Elon Musk 
as well as the letter G and the number 69. Remember, Gooner family, that Totten get better everywhere they go. TGP out. Thank <laughs> you.